Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen. And today we are chatting all about rushing through the transitions. So if you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. I am Andrea Claussen. I'm an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, 500-hour yoga teacher, and Ayurvedic postpartum doula. And I am excited to share this topic today because it was inspired um, from actually an experience I had teaching yoga and a lesson that one of the teachers taught me. So I wanted to first start off the episode because we have the holidays coming up uh, the whole month of December. I am running in Ayurveda for the holidays. I want to say kind of like a challenge, but it's a um, nourishment practice really. So every day for the month of December, I'm going to be emailing out uh, Ayurvedic you know, recipes, meditations, um, practices that you can do on a daily basis the entire month. And so it's a great way for you to get more intentional, um, to have some accountability and to really fill up your cup instead of feeling like you're drained and needing to start over come January 1st. Cause I know that's very common. So right now I am, um, you know, kind of running that through the rest of this week. Again, we start December 1st. I have a live coaching call on December 3rd, where we're going to set some intentions, um, I'm not going to be doing a ton of, well, I will be doing some teaching, but I'm also going to have you be doing some work. So that way we can really make some space for visioning into what we want this month to look like. And then we'll have a private Facebook group as well for some accountability in case you want to pop in there or have any questions about the practices and how you um, fit it all into your schedule in a busy month. So these practices are meant to be you know, 10 minutes tops every day. So they're not stuff that's going to take you a long time, but it's just a great way to kind of reset. And so for that challenge, um, it's $49 for the month. So hop on in there. If something, if you really want to kind of set up your, your life for this next month to come into 2024 or feeling strong. So with that being said, that's kind of a transition in, in a sense that month of December is a transition month as we come you know, into the busy holiday season and we start to transition into that new year. How do we handle that transition? Is that a month where you might be freaking out and like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I have so much on my plate. I have to do all the cooking, do all the shopping. I have to decorate. I have to get a tree. I have to, I have to, I have to. And I know I've totally been in that boat. And then there are other years where I'm just kind of chill and laid back. Personally, um, you know, my plan was to decorate the weekend of November 18th, 19th for, you know, Christmas and didn't happen. So I might do it now. I probably won't do it now until, you know, after, after Thanksgiving. So hopefully it's decorated by the time this airs, but that's where I'm kind of, um, letting grace happen. You know, if it happens, it happens. I'm personally going to be out of town the entire week of Christmas this year. We're going to be in Florida, you know, visiting family. And so, I will have a different um, flow and routine. And so for me, it doesn't feel as, I guess, pressure in terms of I need to decorate completely just, you know, based on we're not going to be here as well as the weather, you know, here in Minnesota, we had a 55 degree weekend in late November. That's wild. Um, and so it just hasn't felt like the holidays are are approaching, but I know they are. And I know for many of us, you know, maybe you feel that buzz online. And I know I've seen all of like the Black Friday specials, Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday, but basically the whole month of November. And um, 
how do we kind of navigate all of this terrain? So this, this kind of um, topic came to me from teaching yoga. So in yoga, there's often a pause maybe in between poses. Sometimes when we're teaching, we might see students rush to the next pose. You know, if I, if I say, Hey, come, you know, from a down dog, step forward to a forward fold, you have some people who might do it really, really quick. I want to be the first one and others take their sweet time. And while others might be like, okay, I stepped forward and I'm already standing. Like they don't, they don't hang out in that forward fold. They're just up and ready for that next posture. And that feels very true to life. And I was someone who was like, I need to be the first because that shows the teacher that I'm the best. You know, that was my philosophy in my young twenties. Cause I thought that's what yoga was. You know, you needed to be fast. You needed to show them how quick you could move from posture to posture and not realizing it was more of an inward practice and following your breath and really tuning in versus you're trying to please someone else. That's not what yoga is about at all. And often sitting in silence is the hard part for people who are having a tough time slowing down. I'm raising my hand because that was me. I hated the silence. I hated my first Yin class. I was like, is this what we're going to do? We're going to sit and hold this posture for five minutes and not move. And no teacher is talking. We're just sitting here with our thoughts. I have so many things I need to be doing. And then, you know, come in the other thoughts like, oh, I'm not very good at this. I'm looking around the room and not focusing inwards again. You're looking for the external validation. And so for me, that was a struggle. And I know many people are the same. And sometimes those transitions are hard because we don't want to honor that stillness. We don't want to honor that pause. We're a little uncomfortable with the silence. So that's one of the reasons I personally, when I lead my um, yin class now, I love, and I tell people, I I warn them ahead of time because I know not everyone loves it, but I'm like, Hey, I'm going to get you into the posture. I don't talk very much while I'm leading this class. I will get you in and I like to leave you in silence. And I tell them mostly because I'm a busy mom. I got two young kids and there's a lot of noise at home and the silence is something that I crave. And I'll have some people in class who are like, yes, thank you. I need that. And then you can see the other people who, when I say that deer in headlight looks like, oh my goodness, you're going to leave me in silence. I'm going to be with my own thoughts for a whole hour. And they get a little bit like, I don't know if I can do this. And so that's that's definitely the two reactions that I've seen. And again, I've been on both sides of that coin. I understand exactly what that person's going through. And so mentioning that ahead of time and then mentioning, hey, you might be feeling some uncomfortable feelings and just kind of walking people through that that is a normal thing, especially if you're not used to sitting in quietness. And I always cue a breath work. I always cue like maybe even counting down from 108. You know, I have different ways that I say, if your brain needs something to do, try this. And so that way they have an out. And often what happens is we might start with, you know, counting down from 108, we'll say. But then by the time you get to 30, A, you might have forgotten about the practice and you're able to tune in. You know, a mundane task like that sometimes leads to, okay, we drop the task and then we're able to just honor that silence and honor that stillness. So why this came about actually was recent for me. And obviously I had a child. If you're new to the podcast, I had a, a, my second child in February. So February 28th at the end of the month. And I, uh, did not really take as long of a break for this as I wanted. I got offered to come in to audition for a yoga studio. 
and it was a great yoga studio. It was true yoga. Um, and they paid the teachers really well. And so I, you know, said, you know what? Sure. I wasn't seeking this out. This person just happened to land in my inbox and seek me out. And so I said, yeah, I'll come in and I'll, I'll do an audition and, um, loved, fell in love with the studio, enjoyed the owners, enjoyed the teachers, loved my time there. Fast forward, that studio actually ended up closing. Um, the landlord ended up pushing them out. It was a whole situation. And it closed very quickly after I got there. So I was only there for a couple months. But in those couple months, I was pretty new postpartum. I was probably two months postpartum when I came in. Like I was still bleeding when I came in to teach. Um, and so mentally, I wasn't quite in that stillness. I was still, if anyone's had a baby, like you're, you got baby brain, stuff is going on. And I remember telling the the studio owner, I said, hey, I'm I'm getting back into the the hang of teaching again. You know, it's been six months since I've taught and I need a little, a little space and a little grace for finding my teaching legs again, you know, and they have come back now, you know, but I feel like they started coming back not until maybe a few months ago because my son hasn't slept through the night. And so my brain, it does take me a little bit to kind of click in and um, honor that stillness and get back to meditation. All of the things that helped me become a better teacher. It just has taken some time. So with that being said, I had a teacher come and join my class and she came to my class and I was a little nervous because I was like, oh man, I, I don't know if I'm mentally quite, quite ready to have another teacher here, but I did it and taught it. And afterwards, as I was leaving the studio, she was talking to the studio owner and just sharing her experience with my class. And she said, she really rushes through the transitions. She doesn't give enough space or pause in her teaching. And I just happened to overhear it. And I wish she would have told me directly because honestly, that was such great feedback because I, I, I'm sometimes when I taught, well, especially previous, I will say, I don't always, I didn't honor the transition because I felt like everyone wanted to be rushing to the next thing. When really that was probably my own inner, like I need to rush to the next thing instead of just honoring my own, what I wanted to teach and what my training has been in. I felt like I pushed, like, this is the narrative. This is the Western style. They want to go, go, go. And that wasn't the case at the studio. And that actually isn't the case at my current studio. And I will talk about that in a second. So after hearing that, you know, she didn't know I overheard, maybe she, she saw but she kind of stopped sharing the feedback. And I should have asked her directly, like, hey, do you have any more feedback? Because that was great. And when I heard that, I actually took that advice and said, I am going to start to shift the way I teach. I need to honor those transitions and that slowness if this is what people are wanting and craving. And I, I have incorporated that into my um, teaching at my regular studio now in Apple Valley, teach at the Green Lotus if anyone's local. But I started doing that. And I will tell you, my classes have started filling up. They went from, you know, being uh, one to two to three people in a class on the regular. And that's kind of our studio. It's still coming back from COVID. Most yoga studios are. But I had a packed class. I had 12 out of 12 that we can have in the studio. And, um, you know, regularly, I, my classes are now on the almost full side. And I will honor and I will, um, I have so much gratitude towards this teacher. And I think it's because I started doing what she had suggested. I slowed down my teaching. I gave pause. I tuned into what I actually would want to practice, the slowing down. I honor, I, I have a pretty extensive background with pranayama and I feel comfortable teaching that. And I have 
taught it now at the beginning, middle, end of my class. I throw it in throughout. And I've had people say, thank you so much for incorporating that. A lot of teachers don't. And um, for me, it's just stepping into my confidence, I guess, as a teacher and hearing that feedback helped me realize, okay, teach what you know, teach what you've been trained, honor those transitions instead of rushing through like we do, because honestly, what happens on your yoga mat is probably happening in your life. And so if we're rushing through everything, most likely you're rushing through life. And so if you step on that yoga mat, if you're someone who practices and you're rushing, 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 you might just give pause one morning and say, Hey, do I need to slow down in my life? Do I have a Vata imbalance going on right now? Do I need to honor some stillness? Maybe I need some more meditation versus yoga asana. Maybe I need to go to the yin and restore classes instead of the vinyasas. Those little shifts kind of tell you where you're at. And I do think that being on your yoga mat will, you know, help you translate into, hey, what's happening in my life? Because stuff does come up. Stories happen. And if you're someone who's listening and you're like, wow, I'm not very good with the transitions. I'm not very good with the stillness. Here are some ways that personally I have found um, that have helped me honor that stillness. So practicing mana, intentional silence, intentional stillness, whether that be um, setting aside, I personally like to do this at night after my sons go to sleep and my husband isn't quite home yet um, from work. I honor and you know maybe set aside five minutes to just be. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting in some silence and just resting. Another practice, yoga nidra. That is one that I personally did. Um, after my son was born and I just let him rest on my chest and I would do some yoga nidra. It's a great practice to honor stillness. Meditation and pranayam. There are different pranayams that are meant to uplift you, but there's also some that are meant to relax you and chill you out and pacify the vata. No radio in the car. So how often do you just hop in your car and you have music playing? This is one that I often, you know, shared that my dad growing up, I'd always be like, oh, I know my dad drove my car or fixed something with my car when I would hop in it as a high school kid and the radio was off. So I knew he was in there. And anytime, like my dad has drives tractors and, you know, he's a farmer. He always has radios off. He's always in silence, which I really appreciate now. And I'm sure with four of us, he had four, I have three brothers. So there's four of us having four kids, he was like, I need some silence. And that was his way of doing it. And it was probably for him still is very meditative in the tractor, in the silence, going up and down the corn rows, picking corn and beans in the combine. Those are very meditative ways for him. So that could look different for you. And then maybe silent walks in nature. That's probably one of my favorites is just getting outside, going by myself on a long walk through the woods and just being with myself. Those are ways that I started to become okay with the silence and with that inner stillness, because sometimes again, it can be really hard. And if you're in a place where it's really hard, you might just start with that five minutes, two minutes, maybe of a mana practice where you just sit in stillness. And then when we start to think about transitions, not only are they on your yoga mat, but they're really everywhere. They're everywhere in life. They're transitioning from work to home life. Um, I personally had, I did a story a few weeks ago now about I go to the sauna sometimes, and sometimes it's a great way to break up my work. So, you know, some days I'm working at home, some days a coffee shop, and just to kind of break up that transition, I might go to a sauna. And then instead of rushing out of the sauna, I lay on the floor for five minutes. And that's my transition from that heat 
to coming back into my body to kind of regrouping and ready to be into mom mode when I get home. And I know others sit in their car in their driveways and just breathe for five minutes before they enter into mom life from work. And that could look different for you, but where can you find those pauses and those transitions in your day? And then finally, the seasonal transitions, which again, I think we're all feeling, we're rushing, we're feeling that like buzz of the seasonal energy of December, which I feel like it's that whole month, you know, really it's probably starting in November now because of all the specials and sales that start happening, you know, November 1st. And so we're really feeling that buzz and how can we honor the seasonal shifts And in Ayurveda, we do a great job of honoring that seasonal wisdom from your fall to your early winter to your late winter. And what routines are you doing? How do they shift? Because what you're doing in the middle of January at 6 a.m. is probably not going to be the same practice you're doing in the middle of July at 6 a.m. It's just a different feel. Honor those transitions and that energy. And then finally, for the holidays, as we're coming into this month of December, what do you actually want to do? How do you actually want the holidays to look like? Are you doing traditions just because you love them or just because you feel the pressure to continue them? I had a great talk with someone after a yoga class and um, she, I just asked, oh, you know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And she had said her daughter had volunteered to host this year. And so she said, wonderful. You know, this, this yoga student of mine really liked to cook and that was her thing and hosting the meal. And her daughter wanted to take it off her plate. So she did. And she said, Hey, what can I bring? And her daughter said, Oh, you don't have to bring anything, mom. I'm catering the dinner. And this, the yoga student of mine was like, Oh, you know, kind of just like, she's like, it was kind of blasphemy. It hurt my heart, but she's like, I know that that, you know, I am not going to interfere. That's what she wants to do. I don't want to be, you know, micromanaging and trying to take this over and make it my own. So I'm letting her do it. And so with that, like that could be something where, you know, the daughter is starting a new tradition, but the mom might, again, she is, she was very good about it. And I don't know if all people would be able to, I don't know if my mom would be able to restrain herself. If I said, I'm going to cater the dinner, she might have some comments, Um, but she was very self-aware and I'm sure probably from practicing yoga, she is self-aware enough to know. I don't want to project my stuff onto my daughter. Um, but that's her thing. That's how she wants to do it. I'm going to show up and, you know, just relax for the day. So that could be something where you have some tradition that maybe you want to shift it slightly. And how can you do that? Or maybe you not, you know, maybe there's something that you absolutely love. Like for me, celebrating the winter solstice, it's something that I love. We are going to be in town for the winter solstice. I love cooking um, a chicken pot pie and having some um, wassail and just making a really big deal about the winter solstice. And um, because we're going to be gone over the holidays, I'm going to let my son open up one gift before we go. So he has a little special thing on the winter solstice this year. So what are ways that you know that, hey, I do want to keep these traditions involved? All right. So just wrapping this up, I would just love to know how do you handle transitions? Maybe you journal about it. Maybe you discuss, um, you know, with your family and with partners, how do I want to handle the seasons this year? How do I want to handle the holidays? How do I want to feel in December? That would be a great thing to kind of think about. And if you want assistance, if you want some accountability with that, um, definitely come and check out Ayurveda for the holidays. 
I am super excited about running this again. It's going to be the entire month of December. Um, and we're going to give, um, some nice accountability throughout and they're easy to do practices. So you feel rejuvenated and nourished December 31st versus feeling like you need to nap the entire month of January. So if that's something that interests of you head to my website, just at andreaclassen.com or the show notes, and you can get more information there. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.